0: I want to share with you tonight um, some of the top first world problems, things that will like frustrate you when I mention them. Um, The first one is your earphones, your headphones getting tangled up in your bag. Oh, so annoying. When you want to use them and you're like, you have to spend an hour untangling them. What about, um, oh, I can just feel the pain already when you stand in a wet patch when you're only wearing socks? Oh, it's so annoying, isn't it? What about when you've been home for three hours and realise you've been using 4G and not your Wi-Fi? Devastating. You've, you've been sat there watching YouTube using up all your data. So annoying. What about when you're in bed, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm like really comfortable, I'm really warm, I'm about ready to go to sleep? and the light's still on. It's just heartbreaking, isn't it? And I think this, this next one is the worst first world problem. When Netflix has seasons one and two, but season three is only available on DVD. So it makes me so angry when you then have to go out and buy a flipping DVD. Who uses DVDs anymore? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, John, we all know you use DVDs. You still use VHS. Um, do you know Let's face it. Let's face it, we we are a nation of moaners. Our culture, we love to complain. We complain about the weather, we complain when it's hot, we complain when it's cold, we complain when it's not rained enough, we complain when it's never stopped raining, we complain when it's snow. We complain about loads and loads of stuff, and I am such a moaner. I moan when I'm tired, I moan when I'm hungry, I moan when I'm not tired. I just moan all the time. We are all a bunch of moaners. And I want to tell you tonight, and I want to tell myself, to get a straw and suck it up and get on with it. Because I want to talk tonight about lifting our eyes. That's the the theme of this series that we're doing, Lift Your Eyes. And tonight my talk is entitled, Lift Your Eyes from Problems to Purpose. Lift your eyes from the things that we moan and whinge about to the purpose that God has for us. And you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna trivialize what you might be going through at the moment. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go through tough times because I know that we all go through tough times. And I'm not saying that we should just put on a happy face and pretend everything's okay. And it's like, yeah, praise the Lord. My head's just fallen off, but praise the Lord. Like, that was really camper I me to be that. <laughs> um, but I'm not saying that we should pretend that everything's okay. But I'm saying that we shouldn't focus on our problems, but we should focus on the purpose that God has for us. You see, Jesus promised us that whatever happens in life we will have trouble. It says this in John 16, verse 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. What a promise to have from Jesus. And then he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus promises that if you are human, if you have a pulse, you will have trouble in this world. If you are a Christian, you will have problems that you will face If you are not a Christian, you will have problems in your life that you will face. If you're not sure whether God exists or not, you will have problems in your life that you will have to face. In this world, we will all have trouble. Should we respond and just go home now, yeah? Yeah. Great. And you see, whatever you're going through, whatever circumstances you face, it might be a surprise to you, but it's not a surprise to God. You see, God knows that we will have trouble in our life. That no matter what goes on in our life, we will face hard times. We will have difficulties that we will face in our life. You know, if I would, I would be lying to you if I said, "Become a Christian, follow Jesus, and everything will be all right," because Jesus promises there in this world you will have trouble. But He says, "Take heart." You know, I said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it. Your problems cannot prevent you from your purpose. Your, your problems cannot prevent you from your purpose. Your problems cannot prevent you from living out the purpose that God has for you. And I want to help you tonight to take heart. And in fact, I've got five points. The five points spell out H-E-A-R-T, because I'm really clever. Because I want to help you tonight to take heart that Jesus has overcome the world, that we will have trouble but we can take heart. So turn to the person next to you and say, your problems cannot prevent you from your purpose. Turn to the person on the other side, who was your second choice, and say, your problems cannot prevent you from your purpose. Okay. And the last one, everybody listen. I want you to say it over yourself. So it's my problems cannot prevent me from my purpose. You ready? My problems cannot prevent me from my purpose. Okay, Life Central Youth, take heart. H is for hard. It is hard. Life is hard. It is hard to follow Jesus. You know, if you were here um, a few weeks ago, when I um, read out my uh, letter to my 15-year-old self, you'd have heard that I talked about one summer when I went away and I felt God put a calling on my life. You see, I was part of a youth team and we were running a a kind of monthly youth event uh, in our church. We were getting over 100 uh, teenagers come to our church and we were just putting on a disco, letting people have a bit of a party. It was great, but we weren't talking to them about Jesus. But it was an amazing event and I loved being part of the team. And uh, the youth worker who was in our church at the time, he left in March, but we committed to three more. We committed to April, May and June So we said, we'll do those three, and then we'll take a break in the summer. We'll figure out what we want to do and and go from there in September. And in the summer, I went away um, with my family. I spent a bit of time praying. I read more books than I'd ever read before on holiday. And I spent loads of time with God. And I really felt God say to me that he wanted me to take a bit more of a lead in this event And actually, he wanted us to do what we called a God slot, where we would stop the music for 10 minutes and we would talk to people about Jesus. And I really felt that that was what God was saying. And at 16, that was quite a frightening thing. But I genuinely believed that if I was being obedient to God and I left, if I um, led if I lived out what God was calling me to do it would be all right and everything would be fine and there'd be no problems because I was being obedient to the call of God on my life I was stepping out to where God was telling me to step out to I was doing as I was told and I thought you know what God's going to make this really easy for me so I went I see my youth leaders and I said I really think God's saying this they said that sounds brilliant let's do it so we set up a team, it was me and a bunch of my mates, we were all kind of 16, 17, and it was amazing, it was a real privilege to be able to lead something with some of my best mates, but you know, after a year, it got really tough, and we started to fall out with each other, because you guys know, and I didn't realise it at the time, but you guys know now, I'm a little bit bossy, whoa, what are you laughing for? But you see, it's okay now, me being bossy, because I'm 30 and yous are all teenagers and you have got to do what I say because I'm bigger and stronger and older than you. But back then, back then, I'm being bossy to all my mates. And these are people that, that are the same age as me that I've got very little authority over. But I naturally did what I do I do as a leader and told people what to do. And, and do you know what? I lost one of my best friends, my best friend who'd been my best mate for about five or six years um, he started going out with a, a girl who was also on the team and uh, she decided that she didn't like me and told my best mate that he was no longer allowed to hang out with me. And, you know, that's still a source of pain in my life. I'm still friends with this entire family apart from him and it really hurts. And you see, for me... I thought, well, if I'm going to follow God, if I'm going to be obedient, God's going to make everything all right, and it's going to be fine, and it's going to be dead easy, and there's going to be no problems. Let me tell you, if you are obedient to God, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be any problems. It will be hard. You know, I've even been stupid enough. I, uh, when I did my gap year, We went into schools to tell people about Jesus. And I remember one time we were in this school in Essex. And that week I was full of cold. And I am miserable when I've got a cold. I mean, I lie on the couch with a duvet over me telling Laura that I think I'm dying. Like, I am terrible when I've got a cold. And I remember sitting at the side of this school hall. Before we were about to tell the whole of year eight about Jesus. And I sat there with a sulk on going... I've prayed to God to heal me of this cold, and He's not healed me. I'm here doing His flipping work, telling Him, telling these people about His stinking gospel, and He can't even heal me of a little cold. Oh, I was, and I was properly mad with God, and I was kicking off, and I was going, "Well, why should I get up and stay on stage and tell people about God if He's not going to heal me?" And I was properly spitting my dummy. You see, what I didn't realize is that following Jesus is hard. You've got to do it even when you've got a cold, even when things are hard. We still follow. Jesus. You know, if we want to follow God's plan for our life, if you want to follow Jesus, I want you to understand that it is not easy. It is not easy following Jesus, but it is well worth it. You know, we are not immune from troubles. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. You know, if you're not a Christian, life will be hard. If you are a Christian, life will be hard. No matter whether you follow Jesus or not life will be hard but check this out it says this in Romans 8:28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been who have been called according to his purpose i'd rather go through tough stuff knowing that god is doing something in it than just go through stuff and not understand why what why it's happening I would much rather go through hard times and go through life's troubles knowing that God is at work. So H is for hard. I think I've got that point over. E is for equation. Thanks, Dan, for your intrigue. Um, I'm going to come to why I've picked equation in a moment. But if you ask any Christian of any age... What they want from their relationship with God over the next year, they will probably say something along the lines of, I want to grow closer to God. I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow as a Christian leader. That's what most Christians would say. But actually, what I want to present to you is an equation that is not that fun, um, but it's better than most algebra. And it is this. See, growth, if we can have it up on the screen, please, Luce. Growth equals change. Change equals loss. And loss equals pain. Therefore, growth equals pain. If we want to grow, we have to understand the equation that growth equals pain. Let's open that up a little bit more, eh, shall we? Who is uh, growing at the moment? You should all have your hands up if you're a teenager. Hands up if you've ever grown in your life. There we go everybody should be growing. Um, you see, when, when you grow as a person physically, things change. Your body changes size. You might go suddenly from a size 4 shoe to a size 5 shoe or a size 6 shoe. You might go from a medium to a large um, I'm currently making the transition from large to extra large. Um, it's that time of life for me. And, uh, <laughs> or too many burgers, one of the two. Um, but when we go through change, it means that we experience loss. You see, when we, when we grow, our body changes, our shoe size changes, and we experience the loss of our favorite trainers because they no longer fit us. Who's ever had to stop wearing their favorite pair of trainers or stop wearing their favorite pair of jeans because they've grown or not the jeans have grown because you've grown? Um, that would be mad, wouldn't Jeans that grow? Oh, man, there's a moneymaker. Um, you see, when we, when we grow, we experience pain because it means things have to change. You will have all be growing up. You, were, you will have all at some point in your life changed year, year groups. Some of you in the last few months have experienced the pain of growth because you've grown up. You've had to change from school to college. It's been hard. It's been really difficult. I want you to understand that if you are stri- still struggling with that change from school to college or that change from uh, moving into your GCSEs or into a new high school, I want you to understand that God is at work in the midst of that pain, in the midst of the difficulty and the challenge. God is at work within that. You know, um, I read a quote this week and it said this, problems are God's curriculum for those who want to excel, not excel that we do on a Sunday morning, but for those that want to move forward in their life. Problems are God's curriculum. A curriculum is things that you need to learn so on your maths curriculum, there will be things like algebra. Who's good at algebra in the room? I was sick at algebra. I got an A at GCSE maths, just saying. B, A level. Big up the maths crew. And uh, the thing is, is there's certain things that you need to learn in order to pass your GCSEs. And if we want to grow in our faith, if we want to move forward, if we want to um, grow as Christians, then we have to be willing to face our problems. It's part of... The equation. You know, this last 12 months has been amazing in Life Central Youth, hasn't it? Like, it was this time last year that we launched Cruise. It's mad, that, isn't it? That feels like Cruise has been running for donkey's years, but it was only this time last year. And do you know what? In the last year, in the last 18 months, I've really grown as a leader. I really have I've changed as a person who leads, as a youth pastor, as a leader, I've really grown and changed in that. And part of that growth has been facing difficulties. I have faced problems in the last year that I've never faced before in my time as a leader. I've faced challenges that I've never faced before as a leader. But through all those challenges and problems, God has brought about a growth in me that has made me a better leader. If you are facing challenges Know that God is bringing about a growth and a change in you that is going to move you forward to where God wants you to be. So H was for hard, E was for the equation, and A is for authentic. It says this in Mark 11, verse 12. The next day, they were leaving Bethany, and Jesus was hungry. If you have ever been hungry in your life, then you are just like Jesus. Profound. Profound. Uh, seeing in the distance, Jesus, he said, seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went out to find if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves. You see, Jesus was hungry and He saw a fig tree that looked like it should have fruit and He went over and He thought, I need to eat, I'm hungry, I want to eat from the fruit of this tree. And it was a fig tree that looked like it should have fruit but when He lifted up the leaf there was no fruit there. You see it looked like the real deal, it looked like a fig tree, it was shaped like a fig tree, it was planted like a fig tree, it was in the place that a fig tree should be, but when He lifted up the leaf there was no fruit there because it wasn't an authentic fig tree. You see, there's nothing worse than being a fake Christian, than pretending to be a Christian and just turning up and and doing what you should do. You know, I remember being a younger teenager and and being like, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be in the place that I should be. I'm going to do the things that I should do at the right time. I'm going to say the right things. But come Monday, I'm not going to really be a Christian. And, you know, because I was a fake Christian, because I wasn't authentic in, in what I was trying to live out, there was no fruit when you lifted up the leaves of my life you didn't see the things that should be produced in a christian you'd see things like bitterness and anger and deceit you see when when we lift up the fruit we lift up the leaves of our life what does what is the fruit that's there you know, I want to I be somebody who's 100% authentic. I want to be real. I want my life to be something that people look at and say, that is a person living for Jesus. And I want to know more about Jesus because of the way that guy lives. You know, I really think that if you want to follow Jesus, it gets authentic, it gets real when problems come. When the tough times come, when it gets hard, That's when we've got to dig in and follow Jesus. That's what makes us 100% real. Because it's easy to come to threads and stick your hands in the air and go, yeah, forever. Like It's easy. I promised myself I wouldn't sing again. (laughs) But it's easy to do that. It's easy to go and be a Christian at Soul Survivor. It's easy to be a Christian at Cruise. Where it's really, really hard is when it is tough at school and you'll feel like you're really frustrated, and you just want to give in, that's when it becomes 100% authentic. That's when it becomes real. You see, I'm not saying, I want you to make sure, I want to make sure that you understand this, I'm not saying that as a Christian, when tough times come, you've got to pretend that everything's all right. That's not what I'm saying. We've got to acknowledge that, that things are hard, but stick at following Jesus. Too many people that I know that are friends of mine have walked away from Jesus when things have got hard. Being authentic means following Jesus, even when life is rubbish. You know, I remember a few years ago, I went to, uh, to Newcastle to uh, help do a mission um, and tell people about Jesus, because Geordies need Jesus as well, uh, probably more than the rest of us. And, uh, yes, Beth, um, and uh, we, uh, we went to this church to, to go and partner with this church to go uh, and tell people about Jesus, and about 40 or 50 of us, we arrived at this church, we were all enthusiastic and excited and ready to serve God on the streets of Newcastle, and we were buzzing, and we got there, and the vicar welcomed us, and she was really, like, sad and down, and I was like, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Why isn't she, like, more excited to welcome us? and uh, we got there and she said she said look she said um we had quite a tragedy in the life of the church one of the ladies who was supposed to be helping us with uh, this mission this week was uh, was killed yesterday in a freak accident and we were like oh flipping neck, that's really bad and like we kind of spent a bit of time trying to figure out what we were going to do and then the vicar she she got us all together in in the in their church and she sat us all down and she said look guys we We're going to still do this mission. We're still going to go out and tell people about Jesus. Because, you see, yesterday, God was good. She said, today, God is good. And tomorrow, God will be good. You see, her problems didn't prevent her from the purpose. You see, when we face tough times, we've got to face it with perspective. And go, yes, this is really hard and really tough. And yes, we cry the tears that we cry. And yes, we get people to pray with us. But it cannot prevent us from the purpose that God has for us in our life. That's what being authentic is about. R is for resurrection. Imagine being uh, the disciples when Jesus died. They'd hung around with Jesus. You know, they'd laughed, they'd cried, they'd walked, they'd eaten with Jesus, they'd hung out with him. This guy was like the Messiah. They were buzzing. And then all of a sudden... He's dead. Like, imagine being one of the disciples in that moment. How lost you would feel. How scared. How abandoned. How confused you would feel. Imagine in that moment what it was like for the disciples. And I was reading about this um, a couple of weeks ago. I, I kind of in my daily reading that I do, and um, something really stuck out to me that's not massively stuck out to me before um, in the story of Jesus dying. And it's at the moment that Jesus died, something happens that I wonder whether a lot of you have never noticed either. And it says this, it's in Matthew 27, and it says, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, which is another talk in itself that we'll talk about another day. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. The moment that Jesus died... The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. You see, in the point of death, there was new life. In the point that Jesus died, there was already resurrection happening. There was already uh, people being raised to life. You see, God is in the business of new life. When there is, when there is death, when there is frustration, when there is nothing but darkness around you, what I, what, I, what I want to say to you is lift your eyes lift your eyes to see the life that is around you in the in that moment if the disciples had looked around and lifted their eyes to see what was actually going on, it might have been a different story for the disciples but you see they focused on the on the death rather than on the resurrection see God is in the business of new life felonana who um is a friend of ours from Albania who came and spoke last week. I know most of you were in Threads Acoustic, uh, but if you haven't gone back and watched it on the Life Central Youth, uh, no, on the Life Central Church uh, YouTube channel or on podcast, I'd really encourage you to do that, because Alona's husband was was killed outside their church as part of the blood feud in northern Albania. But what God has done since the death of her husband has been incredible. He has God has brought so much life out of one person's death. Because now Alona goes into families and encourages them to to forgive from the blood feud and and to let go of of years of generations of, of hurt and pain and revenge. She's going and speaking around the world and encouraging people to forgive and let go of hurt and bitterness. You see, God's brought about new life as a result of the pain that Alona went through. T is for tests. Who's ever been addicted to a game on their phone? Be honest. I've been there, uh, I've been addicted to Clash of Clans in my time, uh, Clash Royale I was addicted to. Um, I'm currently playing um, a lot of game called Balls with a Z on the end. Um, if you've not played it, it's brilliant. It's really good. It's a really good toilet game. Um, I know a lot of you are um, addicted to what's, Ryder? Anyone play Rider? Yeah, Tom Woodhouse is badly addicted to Ryder. The thing with, with any game, um, any computer game, is most of them have levels. And you start at a really simple level. And once you complete that level, they progressively get more and more difficult. And what happens is, is as you complete one level, you learn the skills that you need in order to complete the next level. You see, when you've played a game for ages and you're up to level 150 if you went back to level one, you'd be like, oh, this is not a challenge at all. This is really easy. But when you first started, level one to ten was really difficult because you were still learning the game. But as you play the game more and more and more, you get, more, you get better and better and better at it. And you, as you complete more levels, you learn more skills and grow as a player of the game. And it means that you can take on the next level. And I really believe that God leads us into tests and levels that we, we come to take to take a test and there's a problem that comes up and we face that test and, and, and we pass it and God leads us onto the next test and takes us higher and higher and grows and grows and grows us. But sometimes, sometimes we're a little bit done and we fail the test and we get to take the test over and over and over and over again because we just miss what God is doing and we miss that God is... That this isn't actually something to get frustrated with God about, but it's something to walk through with God. You see, I've known that in my own life where, where God's brought up the theme of identity so many times in my life of where um, I've put my identity not in who God says I am, but in what I do. I've had times where um, I remember when I first started doing kind of prisons work and was going um, and telling prisoners about Jesus. I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But at one point, I broke my ankle and couldn't work for seven weeks. And during those seven weeks, I genuinely began to wonder whether I was a Christian anymore. Why? Because my identity and my relationship with God was based in what I do, not in who God said I am. And, you know, God's brought that test back to me recently because numbers, uh, the, the numbers of young people coming on a Friday night has dropped significantly in the last six months. And I've just felt God going, is your identity and how many people come on a Friday night? Because that's not where your identity should be. And it's like God's leading me into a test going, and going, I'm just checking we've got this nailed here. And like God leads me into, into tests uh, and we've got to pass them in order to grow to the next level. See, when you face a test, when you face a difficulty, take heart. God's at work. God's growing you. God's doing something new. God's, God's leading you on to the next level in your life. And you'll look back and you'll go, oh, yeah, I know what to do with that situation now. But, but back then, that was really hard. But now I'd find that easy because I've passed more tests since then. It might be that you find yourself in the same relationship mess uh, time and time again. Maybe it's time you begin to look at it as a test and say, God, God, how do I walk through this? How do I learn the lessons that I need to learn in order to move forward? Maybe it's around forgiveness, and you constantly find yourself being angry and bitter towards people. Maybe God's leading you towards forgiveness and saying, hey, we, we've got to learn how to pass this forgiveness test together. We've got to walk through this. God leads us into tests, so he can lead us to the next level. You know, I'm determined to pass the tests that come my way. Guys, take heart. Band, if you want to make your way back up, that would be amazing. You see, take heart, guys. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. And we're going to sing a song in a moment uh, called Oceans. And the song says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Do you know what it means to be led where your trust is without borders? Do you know what that feels like to be where your trust is? Is without borders. It feels scary. It feels frustrating. It feels lonely. It's confusing. It's panicky. You can get panicked by it. But in those moments that we lift our eyes and fix them on Jesus, it says, I will call upon your name and lift my eyes above the waves. See, the song says, Let's, let's step into unknown waters. Let's go into these problems that we're going to face, that we're already facing. The challenges and the circumstances that you are already facing might feel like your trust is without borders. But it says, I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. See, right through this series, right this year, we really feel like God is saying, lift your eyes, fix them. On him and it comes from Psalm 121 where it says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Guys, if we want to grow, if we want to face our problems, then we've got to lift our eyes from the problems and fix them on the purpose that God has for us. See, God has made you for a purpose he's made you on purpose he's put you in the school that you're in he's put you in the family that you're in he's put you in the college that you're in in the football team in the dance club that you're in wherever you are God has put you there for a purpose and the problems that you face cannot prevent you from living out your purpose but what does prevent you from living out your purpose is where your eyes are fixed fix your eyes on Jesus lift your eyes on put them on God's and say God I'm going to figure out where your purpose is no matter how hard this is no matter what comes at me I'm going to lift my eyes and fix them on you so what we're going to do is um, I want you to, to stand you're not going to come down the front yet but um, why don't you stand to your feet and we're going to sing this and I kind of want to give you an opportunity to have a, a bit of a private response with God so we're going to sing this together um, and then we might come back and do some other um, stuff, praying for you and that. But why don't you just spend this time going, kind of wrestling with God and saying, "God, I want to, I want to lift my eyes to You, and I want to be, I want to be in a place where my trust is without borders." But God, would You help me to have my eyes in the right place? So, God, I pray as we sing and we respond now. God, would You be moving? Would You be speaking to us? Would You be challenging us? would you maybe um, put specific things in mind that, that we need to put into action from here? In Jesus' name.